I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. Welcome today to the Exploring the Prophetic podcast, and I'm actually recording the intro after my interview with Tommy, so you're going to hear uh, what I just heard in just a few minutes, and I'm telling you, I told him on that podcast, I'm so glad this wasn't TV because I was bawling my eyes out. I don't think I actually talked the entire podcast. I just listened to the story, but I love, love, love Tommy Green, him and his wife, Chrissy, lead a, 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 just an emerging movement of people who are running against human trafficking. Tommy Green is best known for being in Sleeping Giant, which is a world-class, amazing metal band that many people have heard about. And I love what happened to them in the midst of this metal band that became this underground sensation. They started bringing basically revival to this underground scene. I know Tommy one time told me, I'm a father to a bastard generation, a generation of people who don't have dads who listen to metal music. And so they started to bring... You know, it's preach the gospel at their their secular concerts. They'd be at, you know, like warp tour in crazy places and they'd be preaching the gospel. And I just thought it was so profound that they use that platform to love people and really to father people. I mean, these guys in the band were just going after it. Well, they recently ended uh their run as Sleeping Giant. They had a farewell tour and a farewell concert uh just not too long ago. And Tommy became a businessman, but he's also doing ministry, still fathering a ton of people who are trying to start kind of really outside the box versions of ministry. I just love who he's fathering and who's connected to. And of course, Chrissy is mothering those people. She's on the show today. But uh, they have beautiful little children and they also have a, a grown teenager. And they're just they're just wonderful, wonderful people. But they went on this journey and they told they've told Sharia this journey. And I, I can't talk about it because I'll start crying, but you'll get to hear it. So before we get into the interview, I give you this announcement about a product we have. Hey, your host, Sean Bowles here. I just want to tell you about some of the resources we're carrying right now. You know, the prophetic is something you really have to grow into, and you have to take a deliberate, intentional pursuit to go on this journey to hear God this way. And I've created a devotional. It's a 90-day journey into the prophetic where we take excerpts from books like Translating God and God's Secrets and the other books that I've written, and we put them together with questions that will cause you to reflect on different subjects you may not have ever thought this way before. I want to encourage you to get exploring the prophetic devotional now at a retailer near you. Well, today on Exploring the Prophetic, I have one of my friends, Tommy Green. Welcome to the show. Thanks, man. What's up? I'm so excited to talk to you because you're <laughs> probably one of the most unique people I think I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> that's a good thing. That's not, that's not like saying, oh, he's one of those people. I mean, it's like you are such like you're such a former of ideas and and just you're your own person. And I just love it. Hmm. You're like, thanks. thanks I don't man. know what to say. <laughs> I know. I appreciate it. I'm like, thanks. I'm a weirdo for sure. No, Thank you. it's not a weirdo. I love it. You're, you're a father. You're a businessman. You're a minister. You're a spiritual father. I mean, you do, you wear, obviously you're a musician. That's how most people know you, but you wear so many hats and you wear them really well. So I've just, I just so appreciate watching your life from sometimes a distance and sometimes close. So, Hey, you're doing, you're killing it. 
<laughs> Thank you, Sean. <laughs> well, we, we have an incredible story. I mean, you, we could go down so many veins today, but there's one specific story I actually wanted to go after because it's really impacted Shree and I a lot. And it's a story of a little girl that you guys met. And this, this story starts out so only God that I want you to tell it, but I just want you to take us on the journey of what happened. And I don't know where you, your starting point is, but you could pick it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Well, um, like you said, I was, I was in a band uh, for 12 years um, called Sleeping Giant, and we just like brought it all in for a landing in this February. So it's been a, a pretty long journey. I'm hoping it's um, like 12 years. and you guys every five years come back. But that's just my, my <laughs> no, secret dream. No, 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 no. You got to end well, man. Cher that's, said that's she was ending. She said, Cher said, I'm she, ending forever, <laughs> and she's come back five times. I'm telling you. I'm hoping. And, and then she writes a song like, if I could turn back time. So exactly. I, I think sometimes she's regretted some of the, I'm just joking. So, exactly. Anyways, uh, so we're doing the band and just when I was in the band, I was attempting to speak at churches and, you know, do ministry as well. And so I had a YouTube channel in my kitchen and at the end of it, uh, end of every episode, I would just say, if you need prayer, if you need encouragement, here's my email address, hit us up. And so uh, my wife, Christy and I were contacted by a 15 and a half year old, uh, girl from from France and she she alluded to the fact that there was some really hard things happening in her home life um, I didn't necessarily want to talk with some unknown teenager on the internet sure. um, I didn't know if this was a band thing or if it was you know something else and so um, Chrissy and our our old uh, administrator began talking with this girl and <clears throat> there was abuse and and there was a breakdown that was happening in her family and so after a few days, it was like, you need to, you need to get out of there. And so, uh, mm -hmm. my wife, um, found an organization in her area of France to come that, wow. that potentially could come take her out of that position. And so we just sent her the info and then Chrissy received a, a voice memo through Google chat. Um, and it was this girl and she said, Chrissy, please pray for me. They're coming. I don't know what's going to happen. And you can hear people banging on the door and there's yelling in the house and Oof. then silence. And so two days later, we were contacted by this, uh, a counselor that worked for this uh, organization. And um, she said, <clears throat> we went to the home of this young girl. She's not uh, of the same kind of faith as us. She said she was talking to a Christian couple from America, uh, who are you? And maybe you can be her de facto counselors while we're figuring out what's going on. And so we submitted kind of our information of our little church group out here and who we were, and they approved us to sort of just help be there for her. Wow. And so what ended up happening was um, her father showed up at the organization and signed his rights away within like two days. Wow. So she's beginning to like be orphaned right in front of us. And this was a, a young, affluent girl. She spoke six languages. She wow. played concert piano. Um, her father, I understood it was like an engineer and her mother worked at a, a university or, you know, th these were, you know, very successful people. And all of a sudden there's this breakdown that's happening and this kid's life's just falling apart. So we really fell in love with her. She was just really sweet. And what ended up happening was she pressed charges against, there was some abuse going on in the household, pressed charges against a, another person that was with her mom. And uh, right around the time of the club uh, Bataclan bombing in France, if you remember, yeah. there was the, the rock and roll club, there was that bombing. She was actually staying in a hotel during the deposition and was texting with Chrissy and said, Chrissy, something's happened. We have to move hotels. So that's kind of the timeline. Um, wow. 
so so this person went to jail. Uh, her mother actually um, had a restraining order uh, placed on her at that point, and her father showed up in court and essentially said, "I'm dying of cancer." Oh. And that's why he had signed his rights away. So she didn't really understand why he was like giving her up. Um, because of some of the abuse that was happening, they discovered that she potentially had um, cancer, like in her little, like uh, her parts. And so we believe so strongly in, you know, the, the power of Jesus that we, we just began recording prayers and sending prayers uh, through email, you know, yeah. um, to this this group that was very much not believing in healing prayers. And so we would just record these encouragements from, from the word and um, just make declarations. And our little crew out here was just praying for this kid and they scanned her uh, body and, you know, cancer left side, scanned her again, cancer left side, wheeled her into the operation and said, uh, you're probably not going to hear from her for seven or eight hours. This is a pretty intense operation. Um, opened her up and the cancer was gone. Yes. I know. So wild. So this group, this organization she was staying at, the um, person in charge was like, you guys can't be her counselors anymore. And told her, you're not allowed to talk to that American couple anymore. They are in a cult. <laughs> so oh, man. It was like, and Chrissy's such a gangster that she was just like, fine, we don't have to be her counselors anymore. We're just going to adopt her and take her home. And I was like, whoa, whoa, calm down, calm down. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know it. what to do. And so, um, in the midst of all that, you know, there's this crazy miracle that happens for this kid and just a testament to, to I don't know, like the justice of God, you know, so we really had high hopes um, at this point. And then the, the trial and then there's actual like understanding in her life that she was wanted. But man, there's sickness and there's separation. There's all these problems that are yeah. just fracturing her world. It's not her fault. And so um, that's in November. Uh, in December is when stuff took a, a very difficult turn in that a uh, member of her family showed up at this organization with two people um, pretending to be lawyers and kidnapped her out and Oof. sold her. Ugh. And um, she was she was trafficked uh, for drugs to a brothel in Paris. She was found three days later with 15 other girls. And so... Um, she had a high level of faith. She was just a beautiful little person. And, um, it was, that was really, it was very difficult because the betrayal was so pointed at that, at that point. And this is like a 15 and a half. She might've been barely 16. Um, my daughter, Marin was the same age. And so we, it was just, it blew our mind that someone this young was going through all this stuff. And again, you know, we'd known about the issue of human trafficking. My band had written songs about it. We, we filmed a music video in Cambodia when we went to work with Agape International, which is another human trafficking group. Like we, we'd been spectators to this issue and, and we, were, we were definitely real, advocates. I mean, how do you I, like, I was, I was off the ledge. Happen? No, no, no. Like, Yo, I, I didn't believe it. I was waiting for them to make fun of us because I was in a Christian metal band. I was ready for them to like be hitting us up for money. I, I was halfway out. If it wasn't for Chrissy Green, Sean, like it, it, Chrissy Green is like the greatest. If she if yeah. she's not involved, I'm out. Like I couldn't <laughs> believe it, and I, I literally like our our the person that was working with us quit. Um, our family Oof. didn't want to talk to us about this. They were just like, this is not real. And and I literally, me and Chris had to go rounds and I'd be like, this is unbelievable. And she just said, babe, if this is a joke and it's on us, we can take it, you know, but if, yeah. if this is real and we stop, I won't be able to live with myself. And yeah. so we just sort of stuck it out and 
it, but it really was. I was halfway out the door the whole time. I mean, I, I literally was like, this is unbelievable. And so when that happened and then we get the pictures of her with the police, you know, in the back seat of this cop car and it's like, you've got to be kidding me. And so she ended and she up was back reaching at this organization. Out to you, guys. you were her only lifeline at that yeah. point. Yeah, she would just, I mean, Chrissy was always on her phone. I mean, I, like, literally, I was like, babe, put your phone down. But she, you know, the hours were so weird that she was just constantly talking all the time with this young kid. And so, I mean, it was it was crazy to have her back in the organization. Then, unfortunately, this organization began to try to cover their own rear ends because now all of a sudden they let someone that was in their care get taken out. And I was on the war path, so they stopped talking to me. But again, because Chrissy Green is so much smarter than me, they continued to talk to her. And um, she didn't you know, try to blow the whole place up. I, I wanted everybody's job. I wanted everyone oh, to be sure. fired. I, I, I just was so upset. And so this, this sweet person is back in this organization. And then um, over a series of a couple months, we, we discovered that um, one of the head people in charge of this organization was actually assaulting her and holding oh. our potential adoption over her head. And so Chrissy began getting all the information of what was going on in this like sick scenario. And we were just desperate at this point. Like, how do we get this poor kid? It's like, hasn't she gone through enough? Like, how do we get her out of the situation? And we had a friend in South America that ran another orphanage. And she said, I came to the U.S. a couple years ago and I met a, a young community of people that are in France and they have almost like a network of family safe homes for youth at risk. Maybe I can hit them up. And we're just like, please, please do something. And so she contacted them. And ultimately, they were just like, we're working out of the country for the next couple of weeks. I don't think we can help unless this kid's at risk. And so Chrissy forwarded this whole conversation to our friend in Colombia, who then forwarded it to this third party in France and describing in detail what was happening. And um, the day we were driving up the mountains here in Utah to go perform a wedding for some of the kids in our church. And um, on the way up there, you know, we get this response from this third party that I don't know in France. And they said, you tell her to be ready. We'll be there in 11 hours. Oh, and, wow. and we were like, oh, my gosh. So Chrissy is texting with her and she had to be super secretive because if the person would see the conversations, then he would take it out on her. And so she was saying, please don't bring up the adoption. Please don't talk about it. It makes this person very mad. And so it was so twisted what was going on that Chrissy just said, if he, sh if he shows up in your room again, don't shower, don't change. We need evidence. And this poor kid said, uh, oh my, OMG, um, is someone coming for me? Am I going to be safe? Oh. And Chrissy just said, delete all of your text messages, you know? So anyways, we go up to do this wedding. And I, I kill the wedding, of course. I'm, I'm so good at wedding. So I, like, kill the wedding. We're so excited to be there. But really, I mean, behind the scenes, we're freaking out because we, we don't know what's going to happen. And so, you know, we go to bed after the wedding, and then I wake up the next morning, and Chrissy's just at the edge of the bed, and she's crying. And I'm like, what happened? And the email is from this team. And this is the first time I went, oh, my gosh, this is real. Because it wasn't, it was no one we knew. It, it All of a sudden, I was like, oh my gosh, this really happened. Like I could, I just couldn't believe it. But they said, we, we went to the organization at 4.30 in the morning with our team and the police. We, they essentially, the police essentially raided this orphanage and 
all these kids and the staff start coming out and they said, where's the young girl? And I, I choose to change her name from time to time just to protect some of the people that are still connected. And, but you know, where's the young girl named, um, Cassie, you know, and no one says anything. And, uh, as if on cue, this man comes walking around the corner and they said, who are you? And he said, um, you know, I'm, I'm so-and-so. And they said, you, sir, where's the young girl? And he tried to deny that there was anything going on and they immediately broke him down. And he, he took them to this little room um, that was like next to the staff quarters. It was far away from everybody. And she was just on this um, cot, you know, she, she couldn't walk and she was super sick. And anyways, so the email said, when we mm-hmm. found her, we just laid down with her and cried. And me and Chris were like, finally, like someone's treating her like a human, you know? And she said in the email, um, this precious team, you know, these beautiful people, they said, I'm sorry, my English is no good. How can I say this? She's beautiful in the eyes. And so we were just like, oh my God, she still has her faith. She still has this light inside of her. And so they get her out. They immediately transferred custody from this organization to this new team. They took her out of there. They shut down this sick center of stuff that was going on. And that guy went to jail and a bunch of fallout. She wasn't the only one. And so, you know, they shut this thing down. And so unfortunately, because there was such extensive abuse, her body couldn't recover. And, um, she, she unfortunately passed away, um, three months later. And so this, this all took place in the span of a month uh, or of a year, like from, from basically August to August, um, 2015 to 2016. And so she, before she passed away, you know, she was a believer, you know, and she'd lost so much that I just remember telling her, you know, Sean, in this like complex kingdom that we live in, you know, I, I'm, I have faith and hope beyond hope. And yet we, I live in the real world too. And so I'm looking at this poor kid and I just said, if you're just tired of fighting, like I understand if you just want to go, I will, I'll see you again. And she was like, I know that I have a family and and I know that I was loved. And I said, um, this is your legacy on the planet. Sorry. I said, you, you set more people free in 16 years than some people will their whole life, you know, and, and we know your name and you belonged and and we love you so much. And she said, Tommy, you have to keep sharing because there's many more like me. And Chrissy and I both were like, we don't know what to say about that. Like we're no. And so she passed away and we shared it with our small community of leaders, um, uh, in Utah uh, that lead our little church groups that are all over. And we told them, and then a couple months later, I saw you at the Love Coalition. And honestly, Sean, I have to just say, if you, if you hadn't have, when, I, when we sort of lightly told you what was going on, when you said you have to share this, I think that dignified some, some part of this for us. And, and I don't know if we would have actually be where we are now if you hadn't have sort of said, hey, this is still very important. And so I shared it with you guys at the Love Co. And that was it, man. I haven't talked about it. Like, we really haven't talked about it since. And so this last year in 2017, I was on a run, you know, cause I'm trying to keep it hot in my marriage. I just didn't want to be like a fat dad a little bit. I was, tra- I was getting a little pudgy, you know, and I was like, man, I got to keep it. We're trying to keep it hot here. You know, the, anyway, so I'm like on a run thinking of the band, thinking of this issue. <clears throat> and, and all of a sudden this precious girl, she comes to mind and I'm like, wow. And so all of a sudden it was like waves of inspiration that hit. 
And it was like, I'm going to run across the state of Utah. I'm going to talk about this teenage girl at schools. We're going to write it down in a book. It's going to become a bestseller. We're going to rescue a bunch of kids. And I just start crying. And so I just decide I'm going to run physically from the top of Utah to the bottom of Utah. And I'm going to talk about it because the, the, the target age of a U.S. trafficking victim right now, the target group, is a teenager that's 12 to 17 years old, yep. that's been sexually abused, that's at risk of homelessness. And I realized that I was looking at like a, a young, multilingual concert pianist, affluent, you know, white European kid that went from affluence to trafficked in less than six months. And I thought, wow. man, that's U.S. kids all over the place. And, and I just thought, man, if I can share this story just of the fact that before she passed away, she reached out to her to this family member that had actually trafficked her and forgave them. Like wow. she kept her faith. Like the verse in John, it says, what is it that overcomes this world? It's our faith. And like she never lost it. And I thought she's, she's a champion in that. But that was the only happiness that we had. And you and Cherie said, you know, you and Chrissy were kind of like her happy ending too. But man, that was brutal to like try to live there you know and, and yeah. so just trying to move through it and share the story in a good way and so i just started i'm like i'm gonna get attention i'm gonna do you know i'm gonna run through the state and say no to this issue and see if kids will pay attention to each other and look out for each other maybe their friend at school that started using drugs maybe it's because there's sickness maybe it's because there's a divorce maybe there's abuse like but if we don't pay attention to each other if we don't have compassion for each other people can just get lost. Like, and, yeah. and I just thought, man, we got to put a stop to this. So I start training and I'll just run and I'll be a loud mouth and I'll try to get attention. And then realize that this isn't my story. I, I tell the gospel of Mark of this story, just the hits, but it's Chrissy Green that carried this, this person like a mom. Yeah. And so I'm like, this isn't my book. This is Chrissy's book. And so through a weird set of circumstances, Chrissy and I got contacted by um, a, a pretty awesome um, literary agent and, and she picked up this project. Wow. And so Chrissy's going to write this memoir of this beautiful person. And so then I'm like, okay, well then my run is going to just get attention for Chrissy's book. And then this, this March, I was at an event in California and Chrissy called me and said, did you get that email? And I said, no. And I opened my phone up and it said, hi, I'm, um, let me make up the name. I'm Jennifer. Uh, more than a year and a half ago, this, this precious girl that passed away, um, Cassie, let's say, Cassie gave me a scrap of paper with your email on it. She helped me get rescued from a bar in France. Oh my God. She said, if I was ever in trouble, that you can call my mom which is like Chrissy, you know? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm thinking it's one of the bad people from the story before. So I'm like, I'm such a cynic. I'm like, Chrissy, don't talk to them. This isn't real. Like I'm yeah. immediately like, this is not real. But effectively she reaches back out and Chrissy says, you know, unfortunately she passed away, but can you do, can we help you? Like, is we, what do you need? I mean, tell us more about your time. And she said, the time I had with her was perfect. We were, even though we were drugged all the time, I was in that bar for more than one year and then Oof. she came and less than a week later the police came she said she was a christian i didn't believe in god but i was all the time hearing from her bible stories and she will go room by room and pray for the other girls that are there wow. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, she's a legend. Like she's 16, she's being totally violated. And there's this overcoming faith inside of her that's reaching out to these other people. And I was like, oh my gosh, this story just got so much better. Like, God, this is incredible. And so when we were contacted, we helped this she was 17 years old, this second girl that hit us up. And I thought, man, this precious person's been gone for a year and a half and she just rescued another kid. Wow. And so we're like, we're going to take this way serious. And so uh, because I was using the vehicle of running and in the past we'd run the Salt Lake Marathon to help a human trafficking uh, group that we, we knew back then, this was like 10 years ago, our team was called Run Against Traffic. And so we just launched a nonprofit organization called Run Against Traffic. And I'm gonna do, I'm gonna run 426 miles from the top of Utah to the bottom of Utah. It's basically a, a marathon a day for yeah. two weeks. Wow. And that starts October 3rd through the 17th. But the bigger initiative of that is I want, I want people to stand up and join yeah. The, the running community and there's a lot of people that would run anyway but I we're st we started a, a team and people are signing up in different states to run a marathons or 5ks or 10ks and fundraise with us so that we can raise significant resource not for just the the rescue part which is very very important but the gap in this is the long-term aftercare of these yes. precious people that that are recovered and so it's happening in utah i've, I've met recently with the <clears throat> prosecutor from the attorney general's office out here and um the aftercare specialist from operation underground railroad and some some people out here and there's rescue homes being built and established by survivors here in utah wow. and i know that same thing is happening all over the country and so um hopefully in telling this beautiful person's story at schools and reaching out to kids and, and mobilizing a generation of people that are going to be like, we don't ever want to see this happen again. Um, <clears throat> it just builds compassion in the generation coming up. And then as you know, the grownups, if we, if we will just utilize this vehicle of running to raise millions and millions of dollars to help actually get these people out and keep them out um, of this, of this horrible kind of crime that's happening um, I think it would be a really amazing tribute and honor, but it's the type of thing I would love to be a part of. And so we just kicked it off, man. And so um, Chrissy's, Chrissy's writing this story and I'm going to run in less than a month now. And um, it's, it's, it's been really interesting to see sort of what's been going on um, out here. So that's kind of been the story. I, there's a lot of the, there's a lot of the details and parts of it that I'm leaving um, for Chrissy, because I think her, I think her book is really going to be powerful in a yeah. lot of ways. Um, I'm just the well, jabber, we'll a, we'll jabber, jabber guy. Like the... We'll have a part two. We'll have a part two with yeah. Chrissy. Seriously. And yeah. I, I, I'm so glad this isn't a TV interview because I'm just sitting here crying. <laughs> I know, me too. <laughs> like, thanks a lot. so wild. I know, bro. I know, but it's, oh, it no, is, it's, it's so the comp, good. it's the, it's the complicated breakthrough, you know. It I mean, is really. Even I think though, that that's even that's why Christians die, don't. Live. Yeah, Christians don't go after these issues as much, because like when Sheree and I told you, you guys were a happy ending. I mean, it's like it's a happy ending of a tragic, terrible story, but thank God really? for redemption. And I feel like a lot of Christians yeah. they want the happy ending on this side of eternity, but we're eternal, we're even, mm. we're everlasting. And I feel like. It's just such a beautiful but hard story, and I wanted you to tell it yeah. just because 
of what it is. But, but I do think I have a little prophecy for you that I feel like, um, I see movie rights. And so I just feel like, um, this whole thing's going to turn into a movie, which is amazing because God wants the story told. I really believe that. So someone's going to be listening to this and probably be inspired by it and will be involved with that kind of industry. Wow. Yeah. Well, um, Tell us this because this is about exploring the prophetic. This whole show, and I know, yeah, God, yeah, God, the whole journey was God leading you guys. But Yo, tell us, and I couldn't have guessed it. Yeah. Oh yeah, you. I mean, when you were in it, you were just in the pain and the suffering of a little girl. You weren't, yeah, you weren't thinking. I'm learning how to hear from God. You were just in the, you're just <laughs> obedience, you know. But, uh, but tell me this as far as like people who are hearing God or are being moved by compassion in their heart, what advice would you give them when it comes to a hard situation like this? Hmm. I think the one thing I could say is there's a verse in the Bible that says, if you let patience complete its work, it's, it says that you're mature, you're complete and you lack nothing. And so the one thing I can say is, man, it's tricky, but endure. Yeah. Like endure. I I think the one thing that me and Chris can do just by the grace of God is we can outlast a lot of other things. We're going to stick tight and we're going to, we're going to show up at the end. And I think if you're in the midst of a dysfunctional relationship, if you're in the midst of a foster care situation, that's going sideways, if you're in the midst of, um, you know, a, a relationship breakdown and you're just in the midst of the 2 a.m. sobbing your eyes out, can't see the end of it. Just for us, it was like the love of God and the the sense of we couldn't turn our heart off of what was real. Yeah. And we just had to stay. We had to stay and finish it. And I feel like for a lot of people, you have much more capacity for endurance than you realize when you're in like that connected place with Jesus. So my biggest deal is I feel like if we will show up for the suffering, we will restore integrity to the commission on the church and even to the vision of what people think of when they think of Christianity in general. I think I would love to see people on the outside looking in saying that looks like the real Christianity that should be happening. And I think if we can learn to endure the hard things. I think that people on the outside will actually look at not just the miracles, right? But that enduring faith, they'll Mm -hmm. say they know how to live even when it's hard. And I think that's the, that's the only thing that we did was we, we just continued to live right alongside this horrible thing. And it, it, it takes time to see what was happening. Um, so you have to be patient. I I hope that helps. That's, that would be is 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 patience, man. Oh, you're a special man. Well, tell people how they can get a hold of just this whole project and how they can run. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. You can join us if you go to our website. Is irunagainsttraffic.com. Yes. If you have any questions, our team is irunagainsttraffic at gmail.com. But if you go to that website, you can actually join up. Um, buy a jersey, buy a shirt, and and run an event locally. We've got people putting on events in 
gosh, North Carolina, California, Texas, Florida right now. So people are just sort of signing up and um, joining the, the team. So if you're interested in doing your first event, man, we'd love to hear about it. If you don't want to run publicly, but you just want to put in some miles on the treadmill at the gym, we will champion you because I just wow. feel like body, soul, spirit. We want to see like holistic discipleship. <laughs> you know, we yeah. really do want people to live well. I, I keep saying if we're, if we're unhealthy, if we're sick, if we're not doing well in our bodies, what if God has set us up to lead 40 million people to Jesus by the time we're 55, but we have health issues in our 30s and 40s because we're not taking care of ourselves and then we don't make it. You know, yeah. like what, what what could we do if we really take ownership of of who we are. I think there's a lot of people in the church that they, they don't feel healthy. And so I wanted people to get something out of this, but yeah, if I you're going to run, you might as well run for freedom, run for the sake of setting people free and seeing people restored. So if you want to join the team, it's irunagainsttraffic.com. If you want to donate again, I'm personally trying to raise a thousand dollars for every mile that I run in October. So I'm, I'm shooting for $426,000. We yes. have some amazing corporate sponsors um, that are helping me out, but ultimately it's going to have to be a miracle. Um, the the money that we're raising is going to local, like U.S. based recovery centers here and rescue efforts, both in the U.S. and internationally. And then for us, we're going to put on our own races and hopefully have our own national like race series and uh, and put on events for people to participate in. So just so you guys know, we so want to help good. here in the states and then actually help international causes as well. So if you want to join the team, man, I'd, I'd love to see a bunch of. We call them rat packs because it's RAT. So we just want to see rat packs all over the nation that are helping to fund this issue. I'd love to see one team like ours become the like uh, fundraising arm in the running community to help resource human trafficking, recovery victims, and stuff like that. It, I think it'll be really cool to see what's happening. So it's already kind of blowing a little bit. So please come, please come run. So Seriously. yeah, I run against traffic.com. <laughs> Oh, I'm telling you it's guys, today cool. was a special, special podcast, and I'm going to encourage you to get involved. And Shri and I will definitely be sponsoring you. We love this mm. and uh, care so much about Thanks, you guys. Sean. Thanks so much for sharing. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Bowles, and I want to encourage you to continue the conversation with us online at www.bowlesministries.com. We have exciting resources, e-courses, books, even children's materials to help you grow in the prophetic and go on a continuing journey of hearing God's voice. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate and tell all your friends. Join me next time where we explore the prophetic together.